0: Welcome to the Wonder Podcast. My name is Lisa Clark, and on behalf of my co host, Chrissy Dunham, we want to thank you for sharing this time with us. You were joining us as we study the book of Philippians. If we had to sum up the book of Philippians in one word, it would be encouragement. And that's exactly what we hope you take away from this series. We want to encourage you as the Apostle Paul did for the church in Philippi. If you enjoy the Wonder Podcast, will you share with your family and friends? And if you really love it, will you throw us some stars on the platform in which you listen? The more stars, the easier it is to find our podcast, and we want folks to find us with ease. So thank you again for listening in. You have encouraged us already. God bless you.
1: Welcome to the Wonder Podcast. My name is Chrissy Dunham, and I am here with my co-host, Lisa Clark. We are so excited that you joined us today. We are going to be having a discussion about Philippians chapter 2. We started this journey a couple of episodes ago. So if you haven't had a chance to listen to our introduction into chapter 1, I would suggest you go back and just catch up with us and hear what we've recorded previously, just so that you have everything all together in case we talk about something that we talked about before or that we're building upon. Lisa has done a great job introducing Philippians in a nutshell, so I'm gonna ask her to kick us off with reading about Philippians in a nutshell. I'd be happy to, hi Chrissy. Hello. Well, We've had
0: a few. Uh, we we got going, girls and guys, but it wasn't easy today. Was it? We've Y'all had a few. Want to know? Yeah, we've had a few <laughs> technical difficulties, you guys. It's kind of crazy. And I just spilt my coffee on my carpet. So it's all going well. It's all going really well here. Podcasting is so glamorous.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Anyway, so I'm happy to be here. And Philippians is definitely one of my favorite books of the Bible. So I've just loved sharing this with you, Chrissy. Uh, Studying it together, and uh, we've had a a really good time. And I know we've both got a lot of things going on in our life right now. And if you're listening to this, maybe you do too. And so this gives us a reality check, and and I love that because I need the main thing to be the main thing, don't you, Chrissy? Amen. Amen. Okay, so let's read uh, Philippians chapter two in a nutshell. In chapter two, Paul admonishes the Philippian Christians live unselfishly as Jesus did, who gave up trying to advance himself. Instead, he lived to help others. When he humbled himself, God highly exalted him, and he will do the same with you. I will send both Timothy and Epaphroditus to you to help and encourage you in your need, so treat them well. That is Philippians chapter 2 in a nutshell, and so this chapter is basically about humility, and I was thinking about this today, Chrissy. And while I'm sharing this, be thinking. And I didn't even give you a heads up that I was going to share this, but I thought, you know, what have been, what has been one of the big acts of service or humility in my life that I've witnessed someone do? And I recall about boy, it might have been probably about eight years ago. I don't know how long my my father in law has been with Jesus, but. He died around February 14th, around Valentine's Day. And it had been a tradition in our home that every Valentine's Day since Cameron was born, so 26 years ago, we have, uh, I have made it a tradition in our home at Valentine's to make a beautiful dinner for my family. We would bring out the china. Brad would bring everybody flowers. You know, we had daughters, so flowers was a big deal. We would sit and eat at our dining room. So we made kind of a a five-star dinner, if you will. And it was a big tradition in our home and my girls loved it. And now they're kind of doing that in their homes. But that year it was just Brad and I at home. Cameron was in college. Caroline was living in, and I guess she was married. No, it was before she got married. So it was about eight years ago, right before she got married, I think she was still living in California. And so we had, we had done the, we buried him on the 13th, I believe. And so the 14th, we were just kind of still in the in the throes of all of that and in the grief process and everything else. And Darla Hallaba, you know, Darla, Chrissy, I did. she came over, she brought all of her China. She made us the most incredible, beautiful meal. She had flowers. She set up my dining room. She served us in a way that I'll have to say, I don't know if I'd ever been served like that. I know I have, but at the moment it was just like, this was going way above and beyond. It was just a, She is such a humble servant and she did that for us because she knew it was special for us. And, and I, when I was reading this today, I thought that was what Darla did. She came and she served out of humility and, um, and because she loved us, it was just so beautiful. What What has been an experience in your life where you've experienced just that true humility?
1: Well, I'm trying to think on my feet. Right. Um, but the one thing that jumped in my mind, I mean, that has to do with death, just like you. Uh, my father had passed away and he died in December of 2005. And he died like on the 12th. And we had his service like on the 15th. And then I stayed in Pahuska with my mom. Uh, for a few days and I remember getting back to Dallas around Christmas and it was Christmas Eve and my most favorite thing in the whole wide world is the Christmas Eve service at Prestonwood and I wasn't going to miss it and there's something about death that you just want to be with your church family. You just want to be in church and Uh, be surrounded by those that love the Lord. And we walked in and we were a little late. It was packed to the brim. I didn't see seats, you know, it was our whole family. And I, I didn't see seats for us. And Joni Buster gets up and I don't know. It's, I was still in a cloud, you know, how it is when someone dies and, I don't know if she gave us her seats or if she found us seat. I don't remember exactly what happened, but we ended up like on the second row. And I'll never forget that service because of what she did. And it sounds small and it sounds insignificant. But for us to come through that door and to experience all that I had experienced in such a short time in the month of December, I just, I will never, ever forget that uh, because it was just so so special to me to have a seat, you know, where we didn't have to sit outside and just listen. So I'll never forget that. Beautiful. She didn't have to do that. You know, she could have just waved and, hey, it's good to see you. Yeah. um, But it was very, very special. Yeah. And those pictures
0: that those pictures of a humble servant stay in your mind. And it is interesting that a lot of times we remember those in our most Vulnerable states but uh, and that's a shame because I'm sure things are happening to us every day that we're just not as aware of and I think the scripture really helps us look for those things and also just be reminded of how important that is for us to serve those who are in our in our path wow. so I love that and Joni's a faithful listener of the Wonder podcast as is Darla and um, I always just appreciate their encouragement. So let me go ahead and dive into the second book, the second chapter of Philippians, and we'll start out with verses 1 through 11. Therefore, if there is any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any affection and mercy, fulfill my joy by being like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord of mind. Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than himself. Let each of you look out not only for his own interests, but also for the interests of others. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who, being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God And that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Man, that is, that's some of our favorite scripture right there. That little grouping one through 11 is just power packed with the good stuff that just gets us excited about our faith. And when I, when I read that scripture, uh, when we talk about humility and about Jesus leaving the heavenlies, uh, with his father, with all power and might that he's been given and to come here in the form of a servant and and die for us because of his love i, I think of the scripture in luke 958 where It says, Jesus replied to them, foxes have dens and birds have nests, but the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. And I think of that when I think of Jesus, because what Paul's saying there is look at the life of Jesus. If you need a picture of what humility should look like, look at the life of Jesus. And then we know that Jesus himself said, well, the foxes have their dens to sleep in and the birds have their nests, but I don't even have a place to lay my head. We know this was during his ministry. And that just tells us that Jesus wasn't about the earthly trappings that we find. I mean, I'm in the middle of a home renovation right now, okay? Home remodel. I don't know, I don't know what we're doing. My house is chaos. Just had painters and, and the whole thing. And um, it's so important to me, you know, to get this right and to make it so beautiful and to update it and all these things. And Jesus was saying, well, that really wasn't on my radar, Lisa. I didn't even have a place to lay my head. And so it's a reality check for me as I read this about Paul, when Paul says, "If you need a picture of what humility looks like, let's just talk about Jesus." And um, and when we follow Jesus, we can also follow Paul as he gave up everything for the gospel. These are
1: two great examples on what that looks like, especially in 2020. Absolutely, I. I made a note in this section that we must resemble Jesus in our lives and that when we do that is where contentment is found. It is found only in taking the eyes off ourselves and serving others and it gets rid of complacency too. You know I'm I'm watching as people respond to this pandemic And how they respond, getting back into action, getting back into the world, getting back into churches and Bible studies and all of that. And yes, we need to be cautious. But it was a reminder to me that we can't just sit on the side. This is our time to serve others and to love others and to put others before ourselves, whatever that looks like. And I, I meet with several young ladies and I met with one this morning that's a school teacher and just listening to all that she does and all that she sacrifices of her own life and time. And she's a newlywed uh, to educate those children and take time to teach them that others are more important than you. And we just had this conversation this morning. And this is where true contentment is found as a believer. When you take your eyes off yourself and you focus on others, there is joy there. And I think that is who Paul was. He never thought about himself. He was constantly thinking of others. And I think that he purposely wrote this in here to remind us that this humility is a weapon. You know, it's it's a way to fight off the enemy. It, it's a way to keep our eyes on Jesus and to put others before us. This is where true joy is found, and Christ should be in the center of all of that. That's all so of it. That.
0: thats so good. I love what you said that that humility is a weapon. And before we move on, I just want to share something out of the Ryrie Study Bible. Uh, Charles Ryrie he sheds light on this event. He says, "Christ." didn't become any less God, but he chose not to use some of his divine attributes. This involved a veiling of his pre-incarnate glory and the voluntary non-use of some of his divine prerogatives during this time he was on earth. For God to become a man was humbling enough, but he was willing to go even further. Christ could have come to earth in his true position as king of the universe. Instead, he took the role of a servant. The creator chose to serve his creatures and i thought that was really good wow. because sometimes we don't we think of jesus as the humble servant which he was but he was also just like you said he was full of glory he was king he is in control he is wielding his sword if necessary he will go to battle he will fight for us so it's just something to remember that he, he didn't tap into everything he was when he was on this earth as he came, because he wanted to set the example for us, but he also had a job to do uh, during those three years of his ministry. Wow,
1: that is really, really good, and I love that. Let's look at verses 12 through 18. Let me read those. Therefore, my dear friends, Just as you have always obeyed, so now, not only in my presence, but even more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who is working in you both to will and to work according to his good purpose. Do everything without grumbling and arguing so that you may be blameless and pure. Children of God who are faultless in a crooked and perverted generation, among whom you shine like stars in the world by holding firm to the word of life. Then I can boast in the day of Christ that I didn't run or labor for nothing. But even if I am poured out as a drink offering on the sacrificial service of your faith, I am glad and rejoice with all of you. In the same way, you should also be glad and rejoice with me. This is another little set of verses that are power packed. Um, A couple of things that I just want to talk about for a second is to work out your salvation. Um, a lot of times when people get saved, they just think everything should change and everything will be different. And and it is. I mean, you do have a different attitude, but the first time the enemy attacks us, uh, we forget about that weapon of humility and we just start focusing on me. Well, how's this going to affect me? Well, where's God in this? And what is he going to do? And you know, why isn't he answering me? And all that, we have to work out a... You and I are still working out our salvation, and we've been saved for years. That's right. And I love how it says to do it with fear and trembling. In other words, remember who He is and what He's about. And fear, not in a scared way, but to have that healthy fear of who God is, that no matter what happens in this world, whether there's COVID or whoever is president, or whoever is in charge of different things, we should never fear anything but God. That's right. Because He is the one that holds this whole thing together. And when we keep our eyes on Him, then we're working out our salvation. And when you stay with your face in the word of God, the word of life, which is what Paul called it, holding firm to the word of life, you are a sh- you shine like the stars in the world. I made a note uh, as I was reading through this to prepare for this podcast that Uh, Back in the day, a long time ago, I used to love lighthouses, and it's not that I don't love them anymore, but I was really obsessed with them at one point in my life. And when I read, do everything without grumbling or arguing, Be, be blameless and pure, be children of God, you know, hold on firm to the word of God, and you will shine like stars in the world. This is a call to obedience and purity. This is a call to stand firm in who you are. And when I think of a lighthouse, it stands on the coastline and those sailors and those people that are on those huge boats, whether it's a fishing boat or a large cruise ship or whatever those lighthouses used to be before computers and all of that, used to be their guiding light. They looked for that to know where the coastline was and they would look for those. And there was an old gospel song that said, if it wasn't for the lighthouse, where would my life be? So if it wasn't for this salvation that we have, where would your life be? Where would it be? I got a facial yesterday and the girl I get a facial from is Hindu. And when I walked to her door, she's working out of her home because of COVID. And she, I said, oh goodness, you already have your lights on for Christmas. Now, I've gone to her for years, so she knows I'm a believer in Jesus Christ, and I know she's Hindu. And I said, oh, you have your lights up for Christmas? And she said, no, it's the Festival of Lights. It's a dolly, I think is what it's called. And she said, we're getting ready to celebrate, and we put up our lights for Festival of Lights. It's four days of eating and celebrating light coming out of the darkness which was a perfect dovetail into a conversation about Jesus. She is not interested in hearing that. She's very polite, um, but we've had the conversation many times. But I know that one day, I know that one day she will see the true light in me, hopefully. that that lighthouse and you, Lisa, are a star. You are shining in this world. I pray that my children shine in this world. I pray that my grandchildren will shine in this world as they work out their salvation, holding firm to the word of God. I love these words.
0: So good. Uh, So I love it too. And and how do we shine bright in the word? What does the scripture say? Doing all things without complaining or disputing. (laughs) And I think, you know, he's saying that to the church. And so what a message to us. If we want to shine bright in the world, we must do everything without complaining or disputing. That's, that's our formula. And so as we look at what we're going through in this world, we've got to be the ones who aren't doing the complaining and disputing. We've got to be the ones speaking of, of truth and love and moving forward in that, especially as the church of Jesus Christ. Working out our fear and, and our, our salvation is something that we've always talked about. And not, we don't always get real. Uh, we're not always exactly sure what that's talking about. But to me, when he's reading, when he's saying that to the church, he's saying, when I'm there, you're, you're, you're great. When I'm not is when you need to be working this out. And I think that's so true is we're discipled and taught. And we've got someone walking in our life, mentoring us. Um, it, we we kind of get it. We're working on our spiritual life. We're, we're in the Bible, but it, when we're ha- ha- left to our own, sells, sometimes we fall back. And and that's something for us to consider in our spiritual growth is we do want to keep getting on down the road in our spiritual life. And so it's important for us as we work out our salvation uh, to consider the quiet moments of our life when no one else is around, when we are alone. Are we trusting? Are we obedient? Are we faithful in the dark? These, I think that's working out your salvation because we want to become more like Christ. And so as we, as we, as we, we become more like Christ, more most often that's happening when we don't have someone just totally uh, investing in us, but when we're left on our own and, and we have to continue to grow in our walk, even when we're on our own. Okay. So let's keep going and, um, let's read 19 through 24. I won't spend a whole lot of time on this because it's just talking about Timothy, Paul's beloved uh, Timothy, but let me just go ahead and read it. But I trust in the Lord Jesus to send Timothy to you shortly, that I also may be encouraged when I know your state. For I have no one like-minded who will sincerely care for your state. That says a lot, by the way. For all seek their own, not the things which are of Christ. But you know his proven character that as a son with his father, he served with me in the gospel. Therefore, I hope to send him at once as soon as I see how it goes with me. But I trust in the Lord that I myself shall also come shortly. So Paul's very hopeful. He doesn't know a whole lot of people he can send to the church at Philippi that he trusts. And so everybody's kind of into their own agenda. And um, but he hopes to send Timothy soon. And he says, if I can't send Timothy, then I'll come myself. And that was wishful thinking. He was in, we also, we all know from the very beginning of studying this Philippians that he was in an in-house arrest in Rome. So are you okay with me moving forward now to the other scripture, Chrissy? Absolutely. Okay, so let's just keep reading. Yet I considered it necessary to send to you Epaphroditus, my brother, fellow worker and fellow soldier, but your messenger and the one who ministered to my need, since he was longing for you all and was distressed because you had heard that he was sick. For indeed he was sick almost unto death, but God had mercy on him. And not only on him, but on me also, lest I should have sorrow upon sorrow. Therefore I send him the more eagerly that when you see him again, you may rejoice and I may be less sorrowful. Receive him therefore in the Lord with all gladness and hold such men in esteem. Because for the work of Christ, he came close to death, not regarding his life to supply what was lacking in your service toward me? I love this, this story of Epaphroditus has just come to me recently. I don't know. I've missed it all these years, but I love this story of the church at Philippi being so concerned for Paul that they sent this layman to come and minister to him. Now you got to remember it's from Philippi all the way to Rome. So it was no short trip. It took a and, while. Uh, he gets there. Epaphroditus gets there to just serve and minister to and, and be there for Paul. And he gets very sick. And so Paul lets the church at Philippi know that Epaphroditus is very sick. Please pray for him. You sent him to me and I'm, and I'm anguished over this because of your love for me. I, I hurt for you. I hurt for me. I hurt for Epaphroditus. And so please pray that the Lord would restore him to health and God does this. And so now out of just thanksgiving in his heart for what all has transpired here, Paul says, you know what? I'm going to send him back to you. He's full of good health now, and now I want to minister back to you. And I just think that's just a beautiful picture of what servant love looks like, and humility, and you ministered to me and now I'm going to send him back to you. I, I love him so much. I'm so thankful for the, that the Lord restored him to good health. Uh, that was a gift to me. Did you catch that? That was Paul was saying, that's a gift to me that you, God, restored Epaphroditus to health. I just love this whole picture of what that looks like of just the love that he had for the church, the love that uh, the church had for Paul, the the servant of Jesus Christ, the love that both simultaneously had for the Lord Jesus Christ. I, I just love this whole story. I just think it's just full of rich, good stuff.
1: Absolutely. And it's just a reminder back to humility that no matter what they pressed on and they pressed through and, and Aphrodite, he didn't quit. It would have been easy for him just to st- say, you know what? I'm just not up to this anymore. So I'm just going to stay here and uh, I'm tired. I don't feel good. And even if he started feeling better, it's like, well, you know, I'm just, I'm just not going to do it. Yep. And a lot, a lot of times that's who we are, Lisa. Yep. A lot of times that's who we are. Our nature is to prefer, you know, our own credit and look what I did and here's what I did and it's easy and it's safe. But when you have to make a sacrifice and it's truly a, a duty out of being holy and a duty out of just speaking the truth and doing the hard thing, I think that's a picture of what this is. And I love how Paul just doesn't quit. He just keeps cheering them on and cheering them on. This happened, but look, he's back. And I want you to accept him and I want you to listen to him. And um, when I was a women's minister, uh, when Bible studies would stop, they would run in semesters, kind of like school and Bible studies would end after eight weeks and the ladies would say, okay, now what do I do? until January? Or now what do I do until the fall? What am I going to do this summer? I mean, and we, it's so easy for us to show up at a Bible study, to go home and do our homework and kind of be spoon fed. And this whole chapter two is just a reminder that we are not called to be spoon fed. We are called, yes, go to a Bible study. Yes, learn everything you can. That during those in-between times, that is where it really teaches you, just you and the Holy Spirit. It's no one's opinion. It's no one's writing. It's just you and the Lord. And I love those sweet times. And that's where I learn so much. And I know you do too, when it's just you and the Lord. And yes, please be in Bible study and please do online studies. And we are blessed to be surrounded with so many tools mm-hmm. to stay in the Word of God. But if you think about Paul back in his day, they didn't have all that. They had each other. So people had to step up and forget their own lives and focus on taking care of the people and encouraging them uh, why Paul was in prison. And they, you know, many were thrown in prison for that, too. So it's just an interesting dynamic that we have. it so easy today. Yeah. And we're always like so Show me what's next. Well, you and the Lord get together, You, the two of you. Open the word of God and let him teach you. That's a good word. That's a good reminder. And
0: I'm so thankful for this chapter and just the great stuff in it. We have, uh, we've been so blessed by this study. And as we close today, I just want to give a shout out to our friendly Kirkendall. I'm holding in my hand, although you can't see it, is uh, her new book, 24 Karat Life and uh, yeah uh, mine came today too oh, i'm so excited today. congratulations yes. we're super excited for you i uh, can't wait to dive into this and 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 get our our hands all over her devotional here so god bless you all We thank you for listening and we'll see you next week